from the Black Swan Media Studios, deep inside a secret underground bunker. We're speaking to freedom-loving patriots from all around the country and the world. Welcome to the resistance. This is John Crump, live. Live. And we are back. It's been an exciting day. And I know you guys just saw me a few minutes ago, but we're back again. And we are going to have some fun today. We have one of the sponsors of the show coming on but before we get into that and introduce you to barrett kendrick himself the man the myth the legend i do want to introduce to you flying rich who you guys all should know and oh hi flying rich we got to fix your computer man i don't know why for some reason what whatever you're on it interrupts we have to do the uh you know the the pre-roll twice Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know what the heck's going no on. No idea why, but it only does it with your you. Hmm. I don't know if it's your computer or what, but you got a new computer, so it has to be your phone that you broadcast from interrupting it. And I don't really understand why. Don't know. It's really weird. And, and I'm just... Uh, I don't know if it's working right now or not, but we should be live on Rumble on my Flying Rich channel also. Oh. So I just tried setting that up. Awesome. I gotta get I gotta get over to Rumble too. Uh, my my son's gym coach is bugging me to get what? on Rumble. Kurt just sent us five bucks. Yeah, I saw that. Kurt, uh, five dollars. Here you go. Buy a salsa water after all the crump smash today. Yeah, I've been kind of the video early on was kind of. Uh, it but let's go ahead and bring on barrett barrett is the man the myth the legend from bear code training how are you doing my friend i'm doing great guys how's it going not not bad not bad and your background kind of blends into the background of <laughs> it sure does of the show all right so uh barrett approached me a while ago and said, hey, we would like to sponsor some podcasts on some of your main channel. And I said, one of the things I always do when I before I take a sponsorship is I have to actually take a look at the product that, that the person is offering. And Barrett, Barrett can tell you for sure. I said, I need to look at your product before. We did. I've got uh, all the emails back and forth. We had phone conversations about it. And and I appreciate you taking a look and, and diving deeper into it to see if it was something that you truly believed in. Yeah, I, I won't I won't take a sponsorship that I don't actually use or believe in. So I looked at your course and, and it's really good, not only for the new shooter, but actually for people like me, who's actually a firearms instructor to actually brush up uh, and look. And one of the things I like about your program is that it's all online. It doesn't necessarily replace in-person training, but it def definitely does supplement in-person in training. So I want you to talk about a little bit about what your program is. We had Rod Mills on uh, a couple of days ago, and we had another trainer on yesterday. So go it's ahead. Training and, week. Yeah, tra it's definitely training week. It's tr well, uh, thank you for making me a part of training week. And, you know, ultimately, I, I put the program together a couple of years ago, but it's stuff that I've been teaching for many years at this point and, and really wanted to put together a resource that made it a lot easier for people to get good quality information. You know, there's a ton of information out there, but we know there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff that really, you know, we wouldn't recommend. Right. And I believe that I my program is something that all really shooters are going to be able to learn something from it because it, it's kind of a it's a library of information, everything that you really need to know about concealed carrying a firearm or just keeping a firearm for personal defense, it's in there. And, and so I, you know, everything from just being a responsible gun owner, of course, but also a ton of information on defensive shooting, working with holsters, uh, you know, working with holsters in a seated environment, uh, all kinds of concepts that surround that. But there's also literally a few hours of use of force information. And I don't mean like all just dry, boring stuff, but we've got scenarios in there that we break down. We talk about real live events, what happened, you know, what can we learn from it and play out those full live events that uh, took place. Uh, and so I think that uh, whether you're somebody who 
uh, sits in a state that, you know, maybe the concealed carry class is just really more of an introduction to handguns. And it talks about, you know, the, the parts and the pieces and the nomenclature. Yeah, this may be a perfect fit for you if you didn't get all of this information in a concealed carry permit class. Or thankfully, man, we've got 25 and, and potentially more than that coming soon of states that have some form of constitutional carry. So with no training requirement at all, no permit requirement to be able to carry a firearm. Well, just because we don't have the requirement doesn't mean that we don't have the responsibility to still obtain that information. I think that the, my program that's been put together is uh, you'll find that it's a, a wonderful resource for something like that. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. It lo looks like Florida is becoming the 26th state and Nebraska yeah. will be the... Well, per, with permitless carry, Rich. In right. Nebraska, and, we'll... uh, in Louisiana, we're like a, we're a half state. You know, it's uh, under the radar last year, but we passed permitless carry for those who are currently serving or have uh, served with an honorable discharge in the U.S. military. And so it kind of went under the radar, but we're 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 constitutional half carry. Constitutional half carry. Florida's constitutional half carry. So maybe if you put that together. That's the 26th state. But Nebraska might be the 27th. It looks like they probably will be the 27th state. So with, with all these states moving towards constitutional carry, programs like yours is invaluable. And I looked into it. I actually went through it before I actually said, hey, I told you, I was like, I, I need access to it. I'm not going to put my name on anything that I don't believe in. So, um, like, even for me, I think it was invaluable just to get the, just as a, like a refresher course. And it's something that I could do on my own time um, in, in the comfort of my own home. And no ammo cost. No ammo cost. Well, you know, I, you, I, I run my, uh, run my Mantis stuff here that I always go and shoot at the range. I probably put more range down. More ammo downrange than what I actually recoup in, like sponsorships and everything else. <laughs> but I, no, I definitely. I, but I think, there's a lot in there, right? There's a couple of hours that uh, is built into it that would give you the ability to be able to practice some of the stuff at home uh, and to be able to, you know, to build those skills. Uh, and I think a lot of it is really built around, you know, the concepts of use of force, um, uh, my thoughts, my feelings on what true awareness, you know, really is, uh, avoidance and, and all of that. Yeah, it, it definitely is. It's more than just this is, you know, it's more than just this is just a uh, like a piece of whatever, you know, this is this is a hammer. This is a trigger. It's more than that. Right, exactly. And we talk about firearms and nomenclature. You know, I've got lessons on that, but really it's it's less about here's what this part is called on the inside of a firearm that I could care less if you know what the proper name is. But I know, you know, what do you know about the gun when it comes to self-defense? Do you know how to, you know, to set yourself up properly when it comes to that kind of stuff? So when you walk into a, a firearm store and there's a, a hundred different firearm options, yeah, I want you to be able to narrow that down to, you know, the five to 10 realistic guns that work well for you for that context of that worst case ambush type of situation in personal defense. And so uh, we've got that all built into it. And so I do talk about nomenclature in there, but it's not so that you understand all the parts. It's that you understand the different types of guns that, that you can uh, make a, a, an educated decision next time you're out looking at them. Yeah, and not only do you do handguns, but there's also a uh, defensive carbine 101. Yeah, so I, uh, while the carbine uh, stuff is not covered inside of uh, this specific program, I do offer those live classes. Yeah, you, what I'm saying is you do offer uh, a bunch of different live classes as well. Um, oh, definitely so. You know, I'm based uh, in the New Orleans area, so I teach classes uh, regionally here. Uh, but over the past several years, I've done a lot of traveling around the U.S. Uh, teaching uh, different end user and instructor development classes. Yeah, uh, the Concealed Carry Fundamental e-learning course is the one that we are actually looking at here. Yes, the Concealed Carry Fundamentals 
Uh, it is a $99 uh, option on our website. And of course, if you use Crump 10, uh, you get 10% off of that as well. Yeah, and it, it's it's a really good class. Um, Rich hasn't been through it, but I definitely have. And I really, really like it. So what made you decide to do a, a um, like an e-learning course? It's, a, you know, it's something I've been wanting to put together for probably about the past six years. Now, uh, things that happened with COVID brought that project more to the front burner uh, for obvious reasons, uh, but it's, uh, the desire to launch it pre-existed, you know, all of that. Uh, one of the classes that we offer is the certification in Louisiana to be able to obtain a concealed carry permit. And uh, we have a, a nine hour training requirement here. Uh, and so part of that is I was putting together a program that would fit the uh, requirements uh, for the state of Louisiana, along with the shooting requirement to be able to obtain that concealed handgun permit. And so uh, it uh, is modeled off of that Louisiana class uh, where it's uh, the Louisiana course is a, a full nine hours. Uh, this is scaled down just slightly to get rid of the, any of the Louisiana specific information. Uh, but it was uh, modeled off of that, uh, but all completely filmed professionally and put together uh, with the goal of being able to offer uh, this information to anybody who has an interest in concealed carry and not making it specific to Louisiana. And so we use different examples. I show a ton of different uh, live video, or not live, but a ton of uh, real video footage, whether that's uh, use of force footage or different news clips to be able to help drive home certain points. So not everything is Louisiana. We've got examples from all over the country. Uh, one of the things that I do like is when you go into the use of force legal legalities, uh, like should, could, you know, the five elements of self-defense law. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's one of the things that I think a lot of online classes are missing. Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, I, I always kind of look at this kind of course and when we're talking about it, let's, let's put, you know, let's play the entire story out. We can't just stop at a trigger press when we talk about self-defense. We really need to look at the totality of the event. Uh, and so I do cover the five elements of uh, self-defense law and how people are judged uh, in the aftermath. Uh, and we, we break that down. We talk about the different crimes that potentially someone could ultimately be charged with and, and give different examples where, you know, people have been charged. And you know, we talk about the uh, civil suits, of course, that, uh, that can come into play. And so we really play out that entire story and we start to really stack up the reasons why one would want to avoid, if at all possible, uh, defending themselves with a firearm, of course, unless it's you know, completely necessary. And you kind of mentioned the should versus could concept, right? You know, the, the, all states provide the could portion, you know, the, the laws. Uh, could I you know, justify this crime based on what the law of New Hampshire says or based on what the law of you know, California says? And ultimately, my feelings and uh, when it comes to self-defense is really it doesn't matter what the law says uh, when we should only be using uh, a deadly force tool to protect ourselves as only as an innocent person, of course, but when it's absolutely necessary. Uh, and I, I believe that I do a pretty good job of driving that home uh, throughout those lessons. So taking someone through the path of yes, learning about the laws, learning what can happen in the courts, learning about all the civil stuff, learning about all the emotional stuff, uh, but really driving home the point after that, that uh, that it's a real thing. You know, if we're using a gun in self-defense when it's necessary, then I, I believe that you should have the right and you should protect yourself at all costs, you know, whenever that is necessary. But I want people to fully understand everything that surrounds the use of force and not simply make it so black and white that we see, uh, well, I'll just, you know, shoot the person kind of stuff, right? We've all heard the things at the gun range. Well, I'll just shoot them. And, and well, life's not that simple. And, and I try to drive home those points in, our, in the training program. Yeah. Uh, what do you think the biggest issue with some of the training out there is? I mean, I think a lot of the training that exists out there really isn't realistic to the context of, 
self-defense or what self-defense typically looks like, right? When we go to the, it's easy to go to the range and, you know, we can think about how to hold the gun, how to get the gun out. We can think about the efficiency of getting the gun out and driving it out to the target, how to aim, you know, lining up the sights and doing all that, uh, firing a specific number of rounds. But while doing a lot of that stuff, you know, we get very comfortable ignoring everything else going on around us, right? Uh, maybe I'm running the, the shot of the week or the, the drill of the week, right? And I go out there and I'm practicing that drill of the week that, uh, that the internet tells me that I need to be better at. And so I, I start to get better and better and better at that drill. But while really ignoring all the information surrounding us in life, right? That's all I'm thinking about is just running that drill completely in isolation. Well, if you think about a self-defense uh, situation, it, you know, it's really, there's a heavy amount of information processing, uh, being that, you know, ultimately the, you can't think about any of the shooting stuff, right? Because your, your brain is too busy trying to process all the other information, such as putting holes through another human being and the necessity of that. And of course, you know, whether or not you uh, are able to apply those skills on demand, but when we're on the range, it's easy to be able to get away with almost anything when it comes to firing the gun while ignoring our body's natural reactions, while ignoring you know, things uh, that exist inside the environment. But in real life situation, you know, we don't get to just ignore our own body's natural reactions because they're just like that. They're completely natural. And so, you know, one of the simple things that I talk about in the, uh, the program that I teach is just you know, talking about sight alignment, sight picture, and, you know, red dots, we cover all that kind of stuff. But if you think about going to the range, you know, more often than not, most training programs, especially at least from the, the foundational stage, are teaching people, you know, how to properly line up the sights, close the eye, focus on the front sight, get your good sight alignment, get your good sight picture, and maintain that while pressing the trigger. But yet, you know, if you go look at the gas station video and all of a sudden the guy pulls out the knife and is trying to stick it into the victim 85 times, right? The one thing they're probably not ever going to look at in life is that little tiny front sight post that everybody's saying that we need to pay attention to. And, and so we, you know, we, we talk about those body natural reactions, uh, you know, in the program. And, and when I want to build everything that I teach. I want to make sure that it's applicable to our real life environment. And so to the, the context of use, I've got to make sure that it works on the range, but ultimately I'm not training for the range. I'm training for that worst case ambush type of situation. And so all the skills that we teach, all the skills that we cover are, are, are highly you know, focused on that worst case, because if they work in the worst case, then they're certainly still going to work when I have more control over that situation uh, and the situation is less dangerous, you know, meaning I'm not being ambushed and completely caught off guard. Now, do you think that there's too much concentration on unrealistic training in the world? Uh, I mean, there certainly is. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, fun with guns type of stuff out there, right? Uh, you know, and it's, I don't specifically cover home defense fundamentals and planning in the class, but, you know, we'll see different home defense style classes where, you know, people are taught to, you know, to fully kit up and start clearing rooms in their in their house, right? Because it's fun. It's fun to go to a training class and, and put emphasis on that kind of stuff. But the reality is, is that it would be unsafe for me to go clear rooms in my house. Uh, and it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to, you know, ultimately do so when my kid's in one direction and I think there's an intruder in my house. Why am I not just moving to my kid's bedroom? Right. Why would I if my kid's screaming in the back room, why am I going to take the time to method, methodically clear each room to be able to get to the child instead of just moving with an urgency? And so just something as simple as that, you know, if you're talking about context, if I'm teaching someone home defense, I'm, I don't need to teach them how to, to clear every single room in their house. I need to teach them how to move to a room in the house you know, with urgency and, and certainly you know, deal with exposures and problems along the way. And so, you know, there's a lot of, uh, of out of context training that takes place, right? It's, it'd be the same thing if I'm showing up to the, to the school, you know, to be able to learn how to stack up against a door and clear all the rooms in the building. It's going to be fun. You know, I've done that kind of stuff. It's certainly going to be fun. But where in my life would it be applicable that I'm going to end up at, with a, with, in a stack, you know, with other people with guns where I start moving through clearing? Because I don't work in law enforcement. And so it would be 
outside of my context, you know, to be able to get in that type of situation. And so when, when I look at the unrealistic training, you know, I look at anything outside of what you would likely find yourself in from day to day, right? I mean, using the firearm is already the anomaly in self-defense. Uh, I'm glad we have it. I carry a gun uh, everywhere that I can, which is pretty much every single day and have for many, many years. But it's still the anomaly that someone has to use a firearm in self-defense. And so if we talk about, you know, that being an anomaly, well, then how much of an anomaly would it be for me to end up in a stack against a door, you know, with a bunch of other people with guns that were getting ready to go clear that building? And that's like, that's way out there on that spectrum, right? And so, you know, if we're going to that kind of class, when I've got to, you know, I've got to be honest with myself to, yeah, it's fun, but it's also not practical. Right. And so where I teach is more from the practical side of things. I put the emphasis on what is most likely to, most likely to happen in your life. Let's make sure we're getting good at that. Right. And then we can start to expand out from there, but still keeping everything in a realistic setting. Yeah, I think I think that a lot of people lose the fundament, fundamentals a lot. Because they want to do the fun stuff, the really cool stuff. And they don't concentrate on the fundamentals enough. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely agree, right? And it's uh, and at some point, look, people get good at fundamentals. They want to be able to expand out from there. And you already said a second ago, you know, you shoot more ammunition than what you're able to get covered with sponsorships. And, and I kind of sit in that category, you know, as well. But, you know, ultimately... We, we know that most people with firearms don't sit in the category where they're burning down that much ammunition every single year. You know, they're not on the range every single week. Uh, they're not, you know, certainly not out there every single day, even though there's plenty of people in our industry that are out there every single day, are out there every single week. Uh, but for most people, you're right. You know, they're not out there. They're not burning down that much ammo. They're not getting that much repetition. And it's very easy to begin to uh, overlook, you know, what the emphasis should be on. Yeah, we're the exception to the rule, which kind of, it, it, how, how do I say this? Uh, it kind of makes what we think is normal. It's, it's not normal, but what we think is normal is not the actual fact of normalcy and i think a lot of people in the gun industry a lot of people that burn down ammo like we do kind of forget that no uh, absolutely you know i've worked with just in concealed carry alone i've worked with thousands of students over the years and i remember when i first got into it and i've always carried you know more of a, a full-size firearm I first got into it. It's like, yeah, you know, this is this needs to be your carry gun. This is what you need to do. This is what I do. And, and people try to mimic it. Right. Well, years later, I know that that's absolutely ridiculous to think that everybody out there is going to carry a full size gun because the large majority of people aren't even going to carry the gun. You know, the ones that do carry it, it certainly it doesn't end up being, you know, the full size. But uh, there was a period in my life where I thought, you know, that that was more the norm because that's where I was and that's where a lot of people that I trained around were as well. Yeah, Rich carries a FN57 everywhere he goes. <laughs> no. no, but he does carry a P PS90 with him, like in the car at well, all I, times. All right, so the, the FN57 and the PS90 in a case, yeah. Yeah. Like I, I'm away from home. Yeah, like he'll like... Other this, than what I carry normally. Like... Anywhere you go, he's carrying the case with the PS90 and FN57. I have no idea why. In case a lot of people need a lot of little bullets. <laughs> yeah. Little yeah, I'm like, why are you carrying the case around? Why? Like, because the 50 cal bullets are so big. That's. I was going to I was gonna I reach mean, over and grab know, my 50 cal bullet, and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, where'd it go? <laughs> I got it right here. Yeah, yeah apparently it, it moved over. It's no longer sitting on the desk. Yeah, how'd you get into training? I, I I grew up around firearms, but first started working at gun ranges back or at, at a gun range back in the nineties, uh, mid nineties, and and really that was my first kind of experience in getting around guns and education and teaching people and and watching other people teach people. 
And it kind of evolved from that into just a strong interest in the self-defense side of firearms. And so uh, as a journey, I started you know, training with others, started uh, hanging out around mentors, started sharing that information. And at some point along the way, you know, I began sharing you know, what I was learning. Uh, and uh, from then on, it just kind of you know, snowballed over the years of being able to develop a business from it uh, and just having a, a strong interest in helping people understand self-defense when it comes to firearms and helping them build skills that are life-saving skills, right? And being able to protect themselves. And, you know, and it's, uh, it's, it's that stemmed from that and it continues. You know, it's like, we'll, we'll sit there and we'll watch the active shooter video. It's like, well, I'll, let me look at the video. And it's like, holy crap, I can't believe this happened. How, how you know, how are we still, you know, uh, how are we still not learning from those lessons? I'm not talking about specific to the last couple of days, but just in general, yeah. you're constantly seeing stuff and, you know, and, and being able to, well, I think we're still needing to tell more people need to get this information out there you know, to more people to be able to save lives at the next incident, the next incident. Yeah. I think the Nashville cops did a lot better than like the Uvalde cops. No, I mean, hundred percent. Right. I mean, it's, uh, we, we've got the body cam footage. You've got an officer that grabs a his weapon from the vehicle and immediately goes in. And, you know, there's still, you know, lots of information we haven't learned about the incident. Uh, it's still, I don't, you know, I've heard the 14 minute response time. I don't know, you know, when that clock started, when that clock ended, uh, but 14 minutes, you know, is still a very long time yeah. uh, that exists there. No, clearly when the officer, we saw it on camera, there was, there was zero hesitation. He did exactly what he had been trained to do. He, you know, he went after the gunfire, he put his life in danger. They put their lives in danger, you know, chasing the gunfighter mm -hmm. fire, fire and without, any hesitation immediately stopped the shooter right and so you know that that went so so well you know my obviously big question would be is the 14 minutes you know and, and getting uh -huh. to that point uh you know when when did that 14 minutes you know start uh did it take 10 minutes to get the call out you know did it take 10 minutes to get a response time there uh or you know what else you know variables that play into it be, be, yeah that, that that's my question because looking at the body cam footage it looks like they arrive on the scene and they're in yeah so, so where we, is we that 14 minutes the body at? cam footage is the 911 call available or that that's what we're, we're there's, there's a lot of stuff that's not available quite yet that's interesting that, that the Body cam footage is out there so fast without the 911 call. Yeah, because the body cam footage shows they show up, you know, they kid up, and they're 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 through the door. Right, immediately, and that's uh, and you know, and look, there's so much. We've all seen this, right? There's so much misinformation that surrounds all of these types of events, and and all the all the the uh, information has a tendency to change and evolve what we knew over the days, over the weeks, over the months, right? Uh, typically yeah. speaking, you know, there will end up being an official report, right? And it's that official report will, you'll be able to go back through and start to learn all the details of what, you know, most likely happened, what yeah. really happened. And it lays it out typically, you know, second by second, minute by minute. Uh, and, you know, I, have gone back and I've studied many of those different reports, uh, as you know, I also do, uh, active shooter breakdowns, uh, for one of the other companies, uh, that I have, uh, where I help people understand, you know, those lessons from those active shooter events, uh, through those official reports. And so, you know, all those types of details until I see the official report, I, I, I kind of take it with a grain of salt. You know, obviously we saw what we saw in the video. I know there was no hesitation. You know, but uh, all the official timeline and stuff, you know, I'll wait until it officially gets released. Hell, hell we just got part of the, of some of the information about the Las Vegas shooter today. We just got his motive today after five years. Well, I didn't see it uh, get released yet. Uh, what was his motive? Uh, he was mad at the casinos. Yeah. For and losing money. Uh, the, yeah, the FBI just released it today. Like, uh, like literally probably like 30, 40 minutes before we came live. Oh, wow. Uh, now I'll have to dig into that. Uh, 
you know, and it's uh, mad at somebody is, you know, one of your very big reasons of active killers, right? So, I mean, that's uh, notoriety and, you know, they're bitter about something. Right, notoriety. Uh, I just did a video on notoriety. I hope you were yeah, telling I don't people want to, give anybody to stop any ideas. saying names. Well, no, no. Uh, we have actually have a rule on the show where you would never see a picture of the shooter or their name. I agree. You know, I've got a complete online program for active shooter uh, response. And I, you're not, I don't talk about the names of the shooters. I don't show the pictures. You know, if you see me share a picture, it may be of a dead person on the ground, you know, uh, but, uh, but we need to put the emphasis on the heroes. We need to put the emphasis on the mm. victims uh, because, you know, that, you know, that, that is what we need to remember. Uh, the FBI has clearly warned us uh, about notoriety and clearly warned us about uh, mentioning the names. As long as we continue to blast the name over the news, guess what? That, that's why you have copycat crimes within a week right. or two after these events. Well, and the video I did the other day, I, I, listed, I talked about that and I lift because people ask me, like, why don't you ever, like, talk about this stuff? I'm like, well... I do, but I try to concentrate on the victims and everything else. And if you look at my video, I listed all the studies down below because there's tons of peer review studies that show in name. And there's programs like No Notoriety, which is a great program from, I think, the Tex Texas University. Uh, and, there, and, and there's another one that says uh, Don't Say Their Name campaign, which is another phenomenal program. And they break it down with all these studies and everything else. And the majority of these mass killers, the ma the majority, so it's not even like like a like a big minority. It's actually the majority of them do it from for uh, notoriety. And there's something called uh, like uh, th there's actually what is it the contagion theory, which uh, actually shows. Uh, about that and it all started with Columbine when they started putting their names and faces out there in the 24-hour news cycle and uh, what the thing that pisses me off is the news organizations know this they have access to the studies too FBI has pleaded with them uh, all these scientists and researchers have pleaded with them saying you are leading to this stuff because it, and at the end of the day it's it's not the media's fault it's the person that actually pulls the trigger's fault right but it it the, the the information is out there the evidence is out there if you follow evidence-based science this is what it is and i agree and 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 in the latest uh maniac that did the shooting wanted notoriety right you know and it's uh and, and we've had other ones this year right that uh, uh that it's the same thing they're they're chasing notoriety they're they're making that very very clear you know it's 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 in videos videos they've released posts that they've made chats with their friends you know, and uh, as long as we continue to play into that, it, it clearly is going to be uh, a, a continuous variable. Yeah, the the latest the latest uh, maniac uh, put a sent a uh, text message to a friend saying, "You're going to see me on TV." Yeah, and that's uh, one of the uh, recent you know uh, school shooters uh, in the past year. You know, he made a video of himself talking on his, his cell phone, and it was kind of the same thing. He's like, "You're going to know who I am. You're going to remember me." That's disgusting. Yeah, but I mean, it's, you know, they are. Um, uh, they are whatever. Oh, oh, uh, just breaking news because we have to. Um, as of one minute ago, the grand jury has indicted Trump. Oh, no way. Yeah. Just came out a minute ago. Since we're a news channel, we have to just put that out there. All right, getting back on the subject, I'm not a Trump fan, riches, uh, but getting back onto the subject, um, yeah. So the media, they don't, they seem like they want to cover that fact up. Do you do you agree? The uh, notoriety, yes. yeah. I mean, that's, and I think one of your commenters pointed out a second ago, 
it's the the media exists you know the certainly the mainstream media exists for profit right i mean they're a business just like other businesses and they sell advertising it's not any different than you know when there's a blip in the gulf of mexico and all of our local news channels act like this is getting ready to be the the worst hurricane we've ever seen and then you know a week later it's like oh yeah never mind it uh it actually is not coming here and it wasn't a hurricane right and i think that there's a lot of that is that if we if the you know people are watching regardless of why they're watching then you know they the advertisement dollars are coming in yeah mm -hmm. And also, as of two minutes ago, gun control advocates have stormed the Tennessee Capitol. Oh, shoot. Yeah, there you go. I, uh, I'd heard they were protesting there today. Yeah, they're trying to occupy the Tennessee Capitol. So, there you go. They stormed and broke through the barriers. That sounds vaguely familiar. For some reason, I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah, I'm wondering uh, when they're going to be in prison for years and years and years without trials. But yeah, uh, back to the shooting thing. Sorry, uh, I, I, have, I have a little news ticker. It's a news program. I, I had to keep an eye on the news and uh, the news ticker keeps on going. It's been a hectic week. I've gotten very little sleep this week. I bet. It uh, seems like a lot going on. Yeah, a lot is going on. Um, yeah, it's just a lot. Uh, but yeah, okay, let's see here. Oh, we had a question that uh, we missed. Uh, do you do uh, any uh, training around Louisiana? I think it was. I do. Uh, so I offer classes here. Uh, I teach... Uh, the main range that I teach defensive handgun and carbine classes out of is uh, just in South Mississippi. So barely across the state line into Mississippi, uh, MCTA, uh, do a lot of stuff uh, at their range. I've got some classes coming up next month there. Uh, later this year in Baton Rouge, I have uh, my Home Defense 360 class, uh, which is all using non-lethal training munitions uh, in a 360 degree shoot house environment. Uh, so that'll take place over in Baton Rouge. Uh, I think that is in August, if I remember correctly. Uh, but those events are definitely on the website at barracotraining.com. Yeah, if anybody hasn't done a 360 shoot, they they should. Yeah, um, absolutely. There's a lot that can uh, be learned, you know, in that environment. So we'll go through home defense fundamentals, you know, giving people all the tools necessary. We'll, we'll work through all the angles and exposures on you know dealing with uh, loved ones on the inside of the home but at the end of it you know or not it's two-day class but in that two-day class they you know will be facing uh, different scenarios where you'll have uh, at, at different times it may be necessary to use the you know the training gun and so we're using non-lethal training munitions uh, very controlled you know setting a uh, very sterilized setting uh, but the more or less paint marking rounds are designed to be fired other human beings, you know, wearing the proper protection equipment. Yeah, force on force training is really cool. Um, am I frozen? I don't think so. Okay. Move your hand. Maybe you are now. I was gonna. Yeah. I thought I saw you moving. Yeah, we but, hear you. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, whatever. Whatever. Force on force. Force on force training is a uh, really really cool. Um, I I did some with simunition, which is. Pretty badass. Yeah, and that's, uh, I don't use, uh, most of the time I'm not using the brand simunition for the training munitions, but the guns uh, and conversion kits that I use are set up for that ammunition. So I just, I've used a competitor uh, ammo more or less in the guns for years, uh, but simunition being a brand name. But now simunition and the ATK force on force ammunition that I use is also uh, they're both owned by General Dynamics, so they're kind of the same thing at the moment. Yeah, I uh, my day job. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you all in a little secret. My day job is with General Dynamics. <laughs> ah, that's a big company. That's a huge company. It's a great company to work yes. for, though. 
every time I turn around, I'm like, oh, they make that too. Dude, they own everything, man. They, I mean, just the stuff, but it's a great company to work for. No, it definitely does. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's fun. Uh, it's been, uh, go ahead, Rich. No, it wasn't saying anything. Oh, I just, I saw the, uh, the comment you post on the screen, you know, do, uh, do we think that the shooter had uh, firearms training and do we think it's going to impact firearms training and instruction? Um, it's, I, I don't know, you know, if there was official firearms training, you know, uh, you can learn a lot of uh, the movements and, and what was being employed just, you know, simply through watching videos for that matter. Doesn't mean somebody's good at it, uh, but I, I think that a lot of that, you know, can be learned from there. Now, uh, at the end of the day, it is possible, you know, that uh, the shooter did have uh, firearms training. Uh, do I think it's going to impact firearms training? Uh, it, you're going to have people that try to make an impact on it, you know, but uh, ultimately, you know, that is a risk of freedom, right? Uh, is that uh, freedom, you know, you've heard Rob Pincus, one of my mentors, you know, talk about that freedom is not safe. And there's a lot of truth that exists in that, you know, my freedom to mm -hmm. be able to do certain things, my freedom to, you know, to have a car that drives 150 miles an hour, you know, my truck doesn't, <laughs> but you know, for the people that have that freedom to be able to do that. Well, if you decide to take the car out on the track and, you know, drive at 150 miles an hour, guess what? You might wreck, you may die, right? But you had the freedom to be able to put yourself in that, you know, type of situation. And I think that's the same thing, you know, when it uh, comes uh, to training is that you know, ultimately as myself, as an instructor, you know, that I, I'm teaching people and work with a lot of different people and how to use firearms and I'm making them better with skills that, there's, there's always that tiny, tiny remote chance that they could use that in the wrong way, right? And I hope and pray that that's a, a phone call that I never receive. Uh, but that is, you know, the reality that something like that, you know, can uh, possibly take place. But that, you know, that individual, these shooters, these killers, uh, you, you'll we, we'll hear the media talk about how they're there's hundreds and hundreds of school shootings all the time, right? But the, that's not the real data. You know, the real data shows that since Columbine, there's only been, you know, really 400 active shooter type events. And I mean, true active shooter events, right? You know, two, two uh, gang like the every town property shooter events. What's that, Rich? Unlike the every town active shooter events, I think there's 10 a day. Right. And that's, yeah. look, there's, a, there's a huge difference between two gang members getting in a gunfight on school property right. versus someone intentionally going into a school to kill kids, right? right. Huge right. I, and I'm so happy that that's the anomaly. Uh, and so what I mean by that is that, you know, the, 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 the people who are willing to do something like that, that, that's so far out of the anomaly and does not represent the large, large majority of human beings in this country. Right. Serial killers have always been a thing. They may have a different tool right now, you know, but they've always been a thing. We have evil that exists, you know, around. And thankfully, the, the serial killer, the school shooter, you know, the, the person who's willing to intentionally murder another human being without any remorse. You know, uh, thankfully, you know, they don't represent society. You know, it, it's still that they right. are the anomaly. Uh, Anti-gunners are now occupying the can uh, the Kentucky legislature. Oh my goodness! Kentucky and Tennessee. Tennessee capitals. Yep. Wow. Who knows? Uh, and apparently, wow. there's threats that they're going to do it to the U.S. Capitol. You said at the U.S. Capitol? No, there's threats. Wow. Um, where's the popcorn? I don't know. Let's sit back and see if they end up in jail. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, crazy. I, Rich remembers this. When I remember when I looked into some of the active shooter cases that they put on their website that's now taken down. Oh my gosh. It was, you know, if 
if it was like midnight on a Saturday and you committed suicide in a school parking lot within a five mile radius, a school shooting. They did five yeah, mile it, radius. Yeah, was it? Uh, they also did uh, one of the ones I looked into. Um, one of the ones I looked into was uh, a, a couple kids playing airsoft in a park near a school. Like airsoft is like these little rubber BBs that. Yeah, no injuries. No okay. injuries. Like the police showed up with the dog. Okay, it's airsoft. Sorry, the guys knocking off people are getting scared. They're right, like school shooting. There's, there's municipalities that treat airsoft like a twelve gauge, right? Well, yeah, New York the city state. ordinance. Well, well, the, the cops didn't do it in this case. It was there was a nine one one call, so they got that, and they're like, "Oh, that's a that's a school shooting. It was within one mile of a school." So, in, in the good part about this, in my mind, is that they've got to milk the or like really stretch the limits of the data to come up with you know a hundred school shootings a day. Um, that it's got to be so enormously low that it's not a factor, or you know, and I I don't mean to be that in a, in a callous way that they've got to make up ninety percent of it. Yep, Ron okay. Baer brings up the good point about the New York City with the gel blasters. Right, gel blasters. You know what those are, right? Oh, I no do. Idea. I've got kids, so if I walk outside right now, there's a pretty good chance that, <laughs> that I get shot with one. Yeah, it, it's these guns, and they shoot these little like water soluble. They, they shoot little orbies. Or yeah, yeah. Rich is not going to know what an orbie is. <laughs> Tiny little gel seeds that you soak in water, and then they become, gotcha. you know, five millimeters or something like that, five, six mm -hmm. millimeters, and, you know, become just a little block of gel. <laughs> you know, oh, there, gel there's piece. an MP5 gel blaster on Amazon. Oh, there you go. But yeah, I mean, but uh, we have a good friend that comes on the show from some time. Uh, he's a PhD in school safety, I think it is. The safety doc. Oh, uh, yeah, the safety doc. Yeah, uh, he's written a lot of books. Uh, he goes by the safety doc, but uh, um, that's not his real name, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he have a, he teaches uh, school safety, um, active shooter response, and everything else. Not from like the like the gun standpoint, but just you know, right? Like best practices to avoid that stuff. Um, and he talks about how rare it is and how schools concentrate on the wrong things. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, same thing applies with houses of worship or churches and anywhere else. It's, uh, it is rare, you know, thankfully it's rare. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be prepared for it because I, I do believe, especially, you know, every, and I, I take the guns out of it, right. But just all high school kids, I mean, all, teachers, all faculty should have a plan and what to do to help prevent that mm -hmm. active killer event. But thankfully, that is the anomaly. And so, the, you know, don't overlook, you know, the, the normal day-to-day -day stuff, right? Don't right. overlook the medical emergency. I mean, you, especially mm -hmm. in the church, right? You're far more likely to have somebody oh, yeah. fall down of a heart attack, you know, than you are to have the shooter come through the door. So, if you're sitting right. there planning only for the active killer event while completely ignoring training on a defibrillator and understanding CPR and training for that, yeah. you know, huge failures. Yeah. Well, that's we, one we of the things event at our church two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. Right. We have one um, recently not recently, a couple of years ago. My wife luckily was there and my wife has a little bit of medical training. <laughs> my wife's a doctor. <laughs> So she was able to render aid, but I think. Do you think that people overlook the 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 first aid part of training? I think that goes hand in hand with firearms training. I mean, I think it do, which is that's it's why I stuck it in the program. So the concealed carry fundamentals program, you know, the uh, bleeding control uh, conceptual information mm -hmm. covering tourniquets and direct pressure are built into that program because I do think that it's often overlooked, right? Uh, you know, you're, you're far more likely to need a, a tourniquet from day to day, you know, than you are a firearm for self-defense, right. Right? right? Just 
uh, same thing, medical emergencies. Uh, a mile from my house right now, they've had the highway shut down for half the day, you know, because they have uh, a, a pretty serious uh, automobile accident that you know, resulted in somebody being airlifted out, right? Uh, oh, driving, wow. I, can't, I can't remember how many times I've come across medical emergencies and, and uh, rolled vehicles and four-wheeler wrecks and unconscious people, you know, throughout life, uh, uh, you know? So, yeah, I think it's overlooked uh, a lot. Yeah, I mean, I I, de I definitely do think it's overlooked a lot, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring it up because I knew you put it in the class, and that I was very very happy to see that in in the class, because that is overlooked. Uh, I think that a lot of people have a lot of unrealistic, uh, like views on things, and i think people need to i'm all about evidence-based science and like statistical probabilities and stuff like that i'm a math guy what what can i say uh so me too <laughs> so i mean i train firearms and i train how to use firearms but i also train first aid and um i make sure that i know what to do with cpr you know i've done cpr on multiple people I've never had to shoot someone. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I had to save my wife from choking, you know, using the Heimlich maneuver, uh, like blocked airway 100%, you know, uh, had I really wanted to capitalize on a life insurance policy, I could have walked away and, and the day would have come out very differently. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, but had I panicked and not known what to do, you know, would she still be alive? if we had to wait for an ambulance to come across town to get here and I have no way of knowing that, but I'm glad that but, you know, I was able it, to. That's, that's such a simple training. Uh, it, it, it's funny. This happened to my wife twice and uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a very simple thing to do. You can actually give yourself the Heimlich maneuver. Mm -hmm. So like uh, hitting your abdomen on the back of a chair. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that really needs to be trained as well. My mom, on the other hand, has um, shot more people than she's done CPR. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there, there's there's a long list of people like that. Yeah, my mom. Uh, there's somebody who tried trying to break in the back of the house, and so my mom shot him. But he he ran away. And then she shot him again. Then she shot him again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I tell you, hear my mom talk about it. She's like, "Well, you know, he he, he could have came back." <laughs> oh, sure. I, I yeah, I had her. I had her. I tried to have that defense, right? Law enforcement shows up, and I'm like, "Well, they could have come back." <laughs> well, then, yeah, she was. This was like when I was a little baby. So this yeah. was like it. Statue of limitations have probably passed. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt's seen the video. I had actually had her on the show. I, I, not on the show. I asked her about it one time and I was in recording and she was like, well, I shot him and he ran. And then I shot him again. For my 38th special. My Saturday night special. <laughs> my mom's wild. Uh, she, uh, I would say my mom doesn't take crap from anyone. Rich, I've seen her. Yeah, doesn't really take crap. Yeah, she sounds spicy, man. Well, one time my dad pissed <laughs> her off, so she replaced the shampoo with Nair. <laughs> yeah, that's what. That's before they got a divorce. <laughs> Might have played something. <laughs> Yeah, my mom's kind of uh, venge vengeful. <laughs> is she Italian? Well, okay. No, my wife is Italian, though. My wife is Sicilian, like true Sicilian, not like American Italian, like a, a like Italian Italian. Fresh off the boat. Yeah, like, yeah, she's an Italian citizen. Yeah, my uh, my wife's grandmother was an uh, immigrant from Sicilia, uh, from Italy. Yeah, we'll, we'll be over there this summer for like oh, a while. Good. Yeah. It's not uh, like we're going to a wedding and it's people think, oh, you go to Italy a lot. That must be awesome. Must be able to see the sights. And I'm like, it's kind of like going to a relative's house. You go there and you just sit around. 
In this case, you can't watch TV or anything because you don't understand a damn thing anyone's saying anywhere. Ouch. I was in New York City last weekend and went to Little Italy. Yeah, that that's getting small. <laughs> I used to live in Manhattan so for a while. I used to work in Manhattan. Yeah, See, yeah. my first time there is since the 90s. Uh, and mm -hmm. my wife had never. Oh, been. so it's a lot more aromatic in, than it was in the 90s. Yeah. But yeah. It's, I got to be honest. I, look, I'm New Orleans area, and uh, New Orleans has a lot to learn from New York City. I hear all the bad talking about NYC, but man, I, I tell you, it's a lot cleaner city than New Orleans. And it, uh, it had oh, a well, perception of a lot safer you know, yeah. than New Orleans as well. New Orleans, uh, once you get out of the French Quarter, you're. Uh, Taking your life into your hands. But, I mean, we even have stuff that happens in the French Quarter that if you go back to the 90s when I was hanging out over there, it didn't happen. You know, it's uh, Law enforcement did not allow, you know, uh, most of the violent crimes to be able to take place in the French Quarter at that point. But they've been under a federal decree, you know, for years and, you know, and their, their hands are tied and are very understaffed, but their hands are tied, you know, on a lot of it. Yeah. They can't be proactive like they used to. I haven't been to New Orleans since uh, 2022. The last that was time last was year, so it's not like that was a long time ago. I mean, I mean uh, t uh, not 2022, uh, 2002, sorry. Oh. <laughs> it's changed it's a lot since problem. then. Yeah, I'm uh, sorry. I have no idea what the hell I was talking about there. I think <laughs> last time I was in New Orleans, I just flew into the airport, picked up a buddy, threw him in the plane, and flew back. Yeah, you can, you can, you can tell Rich is... Uh, from New York originally because of New Orleans and instead of New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Nolans. Nolans. Yeah, I, I worked in Monroe. Yeah. Yeah, our friend Monroe uh, makes the map down here now. Their uh their crime is going up a little bit. <laughs> you should talk to uh, Paul from Legally Armed America. Oh yeah, yeah, Paul's. Paul's He's down. from down there. Isn't he from Baton Rouge area? He's from Baton Rouge. I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't know. Yeah, I'll I'll introduce you. Yeah, he's a yeah. really good guy. Um, good cook. Oh my god, he's a good yeah, cook. Yeah, I just finished off his food yesterday. Actually, that's not true. I think we have met. I'm pretty sure I have met him. I think he is from Baton Rouge. Yeah, he's from Baton Rouge. We stayed. We 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 uh, stayed. Stayed. Uh, we went to an event, and we all stayed in the same house. And he uh, cooked a lot. And I think we he cooked more than we went out. Yeah, yeah, he, he was he really good cook. Uh, and then he cooked brats and uh, chicken on the grill. And I seriously, literally, just finished uh, the brats yesterday and the chicken yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that's that's because they flew. I drove, so I just threw the stuff in a cooler in my car. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out who replaced my. My uh, my good ear 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 pro. Oh, <laughs> they probably don't even know. So John had the expensive noise canceling ear like pro like three hundred dollar ear pro, and someone picked it up and replaced it with thirty dollar ear pro. They gave you the walkers. The walkers, exactly. That's exactly the one I had. I had these three uh, M ones. No. Nah. You know, and they're gone, uh, and now I got walkers. Got, like, I am pink. You know, if you spray paint and paint, you're going to run away with them. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't done on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's like, a, I need new luggage, and I, I think I'm just going to, like, take an orange spray can and spray a stripe down the, the black luggage because they're all black. That works. Yeah, that works. All right, well, I got to get going here, and I know Rich has some stuff to do, and I um, don't want to keep you on more. But I want to thank you so much for coming on. You're always welcome to come back on the show. Um, thank you so much for the sponsorship. Um, I've been linking your your link out there during the whole entire thing. And guys, I'm telling you, I took the online training course, and I took it before I would. It took a couple of weeks for the sponsorship to go through because I wanted to take the training course. Because you know my thing, I don't do anything that um, uh, that do I, I, I don't do myself. Like uh, the Factor 75, which is from uh, 
which uh, which is another sponsor that's coming on board um, from. Oh my God, no! It's a it's a program they own. An, Factor seventy five is what I use, but they also own. Uh, oh, Fresh, something. I can't believe I forgot their other company. Factor seventy five. Um, is um, what is another one that is uh, really good, um, but I use them too, and so I won't do anything that I don't truly believe in, and I do truly believe and and what you're doing, and I want to thank you for doing what you're doing because we need more people to do that, the more people to get training, more people to come up with awesome ideas. Um, like you have. Um, and I just want everyone to know that uh, they should visit your site. So go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you. Absolutely. You can find me at bearcodetraining.com. And if you use that word crump 10, when you get checking out, you'll get 10% off uh, the classes as well. And guys, thanks again for having me on. Give me the opportunity to talk about it. Yeah, thank you so much, um, Rich. Uh, you can find Rich at Flying Rich, Flying Rich Firearms on YouTube, Flying Rich everywhere, including MySpace. Rich has a MySpace. Do you own MySpace.com? Is that like a thing? <laughs> I'm the only one. No, no. He, I he figure just, I can't be canceled. He's like, oh, I have a MySpace. Why, why are you on MySpace? I'm like, is that still around? They can't cancel me. They they need me. <laughs> I guess they do. Yeah, it's like the only one on there. Now I feel like I need a MySpace. <laughs> you, you don't need a MySpace. No, it's just right. rich. rich. Rich, rich, rich is a weird guy. <laughs> um, you know Hank Strange at all? Have you ever heard of Hank Strange? Big YouTuber. Um, I I knew Hank before I knew Rich. And Hank's like, man, you're hanging out with Rich a lot. I'm like, yeah. He goes, just want to let you know. He's crazy. I said, yeah, he's a pretty crazy guy. He's like, no, no, no. He, he's really crazy. He's like, you just need to know that, that he's actually crazy. Um, and he, believe it for a year or two. Look, Johnny, Johnny wants to know your ICQ uh, handle. <laughs> what is that? Five, four, eight, what, what, what That was all numbers, right? I I can't remember if I had letters and numbers or just numbers, just letters. I think it's all numbers. It's uh, it what all is numbers. been over twenty years, like twenty five years. Right. Since I had an ICQ account. Yes, ICQ still around. <laughs> Rich, what's your hand? Oh my God, it's still <laughs> around. I. Last time I used that, what was that? I used the Pigeon client? Pigeon, yeah. On, on, that's getting back to Linux Did Mark stuff. Spencer write part of that? Yeah, he did. Dude, ICQ is still around, man. That's crazy. Holy crap. Ah, it looks totally different. I'm just looking at it. Now, he, uh, now I'm going to go down a rabbit hole. All right. Yeah, I got to go print guns. All right, you uh, go print guns. Uh, printers back that way. Are you, are you, do you do any printing? I, not not like the printing community. You know, the, uh, I'll play around with stuff here and there. You know, um, uh, like last thing I really made modifications to, I took the took a Glock 17 size frame and was able to cut apart and piece together and remold the grip to where it, it fits the 32 round magazines perfectly. Mm -hmm. No, so that's kind of the last thing I did. I wish I had one laying around to grab it, but uh, yeah, but they were, that, if you, I, if you, you know, grabbed it, allow it, if you grabbed it, YouTube with a uh, industry. Yeah, ah, that's true. But yeah, that's cool that yeah. you're doing that. So my my favorite tripod broke the base, so I printed a new one. Ah, see, you're pretty fancy with that. Yeah, we're we're pretty much we're pretty into the 3D printing community. That's uh, look, I, I love it. It's I, I like being able to you know play around in CAD. I'm not good at it at all. Would love to you know take some classes on it. Uh, but I'm good enough to create you know square and basic round shapes and stuff uh, to be able to make a nice little widget to solve a problem in life. Yeah. What what type of CAD program do you use? I'm using the free version of Fusion 360, the personal version. Yeah, that that's what I use. I use 
Fusion 360. Uh, Rich, tell, tell them what you use. I, I actually catted this all up. I'll actually I'll show you. What, what, what do you use, Rich? Tell them. So this is the Rich, part. Rich, what do you I use? What do you use, Tinkercad? Rich? Tinkercad. Tinkercad. <laughs> he uses Tinkercad. Wicked good at Tinkercad. <laughs> I, I know oh. I got to learn something else, but uh, I'm wicked good at Tinkercad. <laughs> Tinkercad. Well, you're, you're making way cooler stuff than I am in CAD, so I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One time he made uh, what you make the something for your pole, like a bearing, and you threw it up oh, on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, I three D printed a, a bearing, like the the bearing kit for the pool vac, you know, the pool robot that goes along the ground, really? uh, the bottom of the pool. It, it was like fifty dollars, and I was out of work for six months. I'm like, I got filament. Let, let me three D print a bearing for it. So he three D printed a bearing and threw it up on YouTube, and it went viral for some reason. Yeah. It was just a, a, a like a vacuum, a pull, a pull back, vacuum yeah. going across the pole, and it had like millions of views. It's the simple stuff. I, like, you know, I, I got a 1.5 million views on one of my Instagram reels, and it had absolutely nothing to do with guns. By the way, you know, my my super viral yeah, post was a, had to do with a shark jumping on a boat. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, that's the thing that goes viral. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bear, thank you so much for coming on. And with that, we'll see you guys uh, uh, Monday. We're going to have Jay the Shooter on, and he's going to be talking about the Pew yeah. Party, which this year is in May, and it's in. it will be a month from when we do, do a show Monday. It's in May, and it's in Orlando. Orlando? Oh, cool. Yeah, so last year I was in Virginia because Jay actually lives like five minutes away from me. But this time it's in Orlando. All right, guys. I'll I got see no you. excuse. Yep. Right. Yeah, you got to go up there. See you Monday. Thanks again.